0: You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey.
1: My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we are scratching the itch to solve a mystery. (laughs) And to... (laughs) I'm going to call it a mystery. I don't think it's ever going to be solved, though. It's, It's kind of an ongoing debate. All right, then we're going to scratch an itch to participate in a debate that is ongoing. <laughs> and express our views. That's right. A few episodes back, we discussed classic rock and its influence in our lives and the role that it played in, in the foundation of the itch as a show. Um, and we posed a question of how you define that term. Is it something based on a sound? Is it something based on a time era? What in the world is it? And we wanted to explore that a little bit more. And so we actually have brought in a friend to help us uh, do that. And uh, I'll let you guys take it from there. Super excited to have. Is it okay if I refer to you as
2: Chill Pill, Liz?
3: That's fine. Yeah, I'm just I'll call you Radio Dan like I used to.
1: There you go. That (laughs) works. That
2: works. Fantastic. (laughs) So back in 2004, when The Itch formed, our show has always been on from 6 to 9 p.m., and then for the first two or three years that we did the radio show at school, uh, we'd spend that next hour kind of preparing for the the very next show. After that, we decided to go hang out with our friends. Um, and because Lindawood was not they didn't allow co-ed dorms, uh, you couldn't have women in your dorms, period. Um, so we would go hang out in somebody's car. And f- from 10 to 12 every Sunday night, we would listen to
1: Liz's radio show, which was called <laughs> The Chill Pill which was on another college station. There was just a few notches up the dial (laughs) that if I'm being honest, I I liked that station more than our own, except for what (laughs) we were doing. (laughs) In terms of pure music, 89.9 WLCA had it going. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your show, how long
2: you did it and, and what it was all about.
3: So my show, as mentioned, was called The Chill Pill. And um, it started out as (laughs) me with a co-host. And then um, my co-host left the radio program. So then it was just me. And it continued on for several years after I graduated radio college because, you know, nobody really wants that Sunday night slot. So um, they just (laughs) left me on We do know that. That (laughs) That ten to midnight, that sweet, sweet ten to midnight Sunday night slot, I was just hanging out there. I think I had like a really like nice regular following of which I could just kind of you know like really just basically play whatever I wanted and take. Classic rock requests, and I tried to stick to the '60s and '70s. I'd have these like I'd say kids who would call in and try to get me to play like the '80s because they'd be like, "It's classic rock, play stuff from the '80s." I'd be like, "No, I'm sticking to the <laughs> '60s and '70s." But um, because we had an '80s show and we had a '90s show, and I was like, "No, this is yeah. this is where I am with this." You know, if you wanted to the '80s, you should have tuned in an hour earlier. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> I am still the stubborn about things, so yeah.
0: <laughs> but you had you had Dan uh, wanting to re- hear some some sticks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And I As would have people be. call me And, yeah. and like yeah. try to ca-
3: like call me and be like Isn't this song from 1981 And I'd be like no I think actually Dan may have done this to me At one point I played something And, and you <laughs> called me I think it was like Radar Love or something And you called me and you were like This is not And I was like I'm holding the CD And this is for you know And like we got into it yeah. a little bit But <laughs> um, but now I know you were probably Not completely sober So it was a whole different thing But yeah um, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) but um
2: (laughs) (laughs) this
0: is a very good point
3: (laughs) um but yeah i just i had it was a lot of fun um because that's what college radio should be is a ton of fun i just it really helped me to develop this this great love of classic rock even more than i already had when i started the show and so and I still carry that with me now, even though I don't really do a lot with radio at all, except for like, listen to it occasionally. And there's so much out there at this point that I'm, I'm sad to say, I don't even listen to a ton of public, you know, like radio now, except for like when I'm just like driving around or whatever, which is sad. That's a horrible thing to admit. I, <laughs> You know, but but it's true. But um it gave me the, like, even deeper appreciation I have for what kind of built up to all the music that we have um, throughout all the decades. So there, here we are. I could, obviously I could go into this for like, for an extended amount of time, but like, basically that's what, that's like my history of of where I came from with, with the radio show from down the dial. And that's how I met Dan. And uh, that's (laughs) how I still know Dan like from uh, social media is an amazing thing yeah that's how you keep track of each other (laughs) so there we are exactly
2: so that we can reconnect and do things like these years and years later uh me and one of the other guys that started the show brad we were the ones that kind of always used to call in and pester the hell out of her uh, at least once a week just because we could (laughs) um (laughs) But yeah, it was one of the reasons that really got us into the show is because for one, we were kind of starting our own show and and we had no idea what the hell we were doing. Um, And so we kind of called her a little bit for for guidance and just kind of getting her opinion because she had, I think by the time we started listening to it, she had already been doing it for two years or so. And so... Yeah, it was just it was really awesome to kind of get that a little bit of guidance on just how to run a specialty show and, and to get a little bit more feedback. Because we were that was one issue that we were having at the time was just getting callers to call in and, and, and feedback from anybody. And I think you really kind of helped us get more perspective on that. The other thing is, too, um, is that we actually I, I don't want to say was it was it 2005 or 2006 where we had you on our show um, and it was a special show. It was actually for Casey's birthday where we played yeah. classic rock for the entire show. And then we flipped it during the classic rock block and had like a, a, a normal, like yeah, a modern, a normal, rock block. normal, modern <laughs> rock.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. I don't know what year that was. I think it was, it was, I want to say 05. It was 2005. Okay. It was a five.
0: Yep. <laughs> I actually looked that up to make sure because I was like, okay, my birthday was on the Sunday. Which 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 year was that? All right, it was all ah. <laughs> 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 That's
1: a great idea. We should have done that more often, those inverted episodes. <laughs> you know, we only yeah, did it we, once we, in
2: the entire 17 history. 17 years yeah. history. <laughs> That's fun.
1: Yeah. Well, when you go back, now you have an idea. You can do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you were basically trolling Liz while she was doing her show. That's this is caller up yeah. and harass her. Like Play I mean all radio stations, she should feel privileged. All right. <laughs> he, how dare you consider playing a song that might be from nineteen eighty one? Oh, that's it's okay, so it keeps me on my toes, that kind of thing, because okay.
3: you know That's right. Yeah. Because there's a way to do it and not be a jerk about it, you know. And then there's, you know, there are ways to do it and be be a jerk about it. But
1: <laughs> well, like you said before we started recording, you said that was it. The station director said that you were a rock and roll encyclopedia.
3: Yeah. A station manager. Mm-hmm.
1: Ah. Yeah. Yeah, and and how at that time it was not nearly as easy to disprove somebody's encyclopedia knowledge with your with your Google machine. Um, I mean, it existed, but in a much smaller capacity. I think, yeah, I mean, well,
3: I guess what it is, is that like now it's in your hand. At the time, it was a lot less common for everybody to be carrying a smartphone with unlimited data (laughs) you know whereas now it's like everybody just whips whips out their phone and gets you know like we used to hesitate because it was like oh how much how many minutes do i have to you know use the google (laughs)
0: is it
1: is it worth the data to correct this person right now i really had to pick my battles in
2: 2005 (laughs) Uh, we'll let that slide (laughs) <laughs> I would have had to stop playing snake on my phone in order to right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and sit there for like 20 minutes,
2: <laughs> call yeah. me up and
3: try to correct me. And I'd be like, what are you talking yeah. about? I can't even remember what I said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we just, Human nature, we just really need to be uh, making sure people know that we're right about things for some reason and that they're wrong. <laughs> I
0: don't know why that's gotten worse over time.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> we had yeah. people that would call up and do that to us too. Um, not that often, but we would definitely get called out now and then on something that we did that somebody not necessarily that was wrong. Mostly, honestly, it was things people didn't like. Yeah, but, the Foo Fighters <laughs> so that, guy was the one that really I'll
0: never forget.
2: The guy Foo that Fighters hated guy. the
0: Foo Fighters. Yeah,
2: the guy that just <laughs> called in and said he hated the Foo Fighters. He hated every time he played them. He just wished we wouldn't play them. I was like, well, sorry, buddy, we're playing them. We're I'll still playing them. One of the biggest <laughs> fans in the world. We kind of like them too. We're gonna go ahead and do that. <laughs> Uh, change the station for that fucking five minutes. I don't care. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that guy, the co- I like. That guy's mission in life was to make sure that as few places as possible played the Foo Fighters. <laughs>
2: well, and what's funny is like he became known as Foo Fighters guy. Like
1: <laughs> all of our <my laughs> listeners hated. became known for something.
2: Yeah. 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 So actually, I meant to ask you. So speaking of that, you kind of said radio, Dan, did you actually have nicknames for some of your listeners? Because I know we did when we were first started too.
3: my friend Kyle was uh, Stevie Wonder guy, because he would call. (laughs) And if he didn't have a lot of time to talk, he would still call, but he would just be like, please superstition by Stevie Wonder. And then he would like hang up. So he just became this I would just call him Stevie Wonder Guy, I think, and then like it was like a year I think before I actually knew his name, and then he was like talking to me and he like backed backed into some dude's mailbox in the in a ditch, and he was like, "I'll call you back later, and then he called back later, and he was like, "This is Kyle, I just want to let you know I'm okay. I have to dig that guy's ditch or I have to I have to fix that guy's ditch tomorrow or something. I was like. <laughs> oh okay and i was like oh your name's kyle i was like i don't know who you are um but then we became like pals so that was yeah he was an interesting guy and i'm trying to remember because i did i had oh and there were the vw van guys who would listen to me while they repaired their vw van and i actually figured out where they lived because it was parked in their driveway and i drove i drive by their house so i figured out where they lived at one point point. <laughs> and yeah there were some other people who i i probably had kind of like less tasteful nicknames for because when you're a woman in radio you get, um, <laughs> some some not so wonderful callers as well
1: oh so. gosh i can yeah. imagine especially
2: if 10 to 12 uh on a sunday night yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's nothing good is happening in those hours except for your radio show. So... <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> yes. All right. So <laughs> now that you understand a little bit more about who Liz is and why she's our ringer that classic we brought rock. in to help us discuss classic rock. <laughs> it's time for the meat of this episode, and that is the classic rock block. That's right. No 30 minutes of music or double doses on this episode. Just a discussion about what the heck is classic rock. (laughs) I know we really want to play the music, but. And we
2: did mention this a couple episodes ago, but just for definition purposes, uh, Wikipedia actually defines classic rock as a radio format which developed from the album oriented rock format early, early 1980s. In the United States, classic rock format features rock music ranging generally from the mid-1960s to the 1980s, primarily focusing on commercially successful blues rock and hard rock popularized in the 1970s AOR format, album-oriented rock format. This radio format became increasingly popular with the Baby Boomer demographic by the end of the 1990s. Um, so yeah, it's, it's defined as a radio, basically a, just a genre for radio. That's literally how Wikipedia defines it, uh, which... Kind of leads to a lot of open-ended discussions, I think. But um, one thing that they kind of added is that with music associated with this format, it's actually received more exposure with younger listeners with the presence of internet and digital downloading. So it's become a little bit more popular, obviously, because of all the uh, ability to download and the accessibility uh, of all this music, which I think is leading to another you know, thing we're going to talk about later in the show. But a lot of bands being influenced by classic rock that maybe might not have been, you know, 20 years ago.
1: Yeah, there there are stations out there that play do incorporate in their rotation releases by modern bands that stylistically fit the mold for kind of what these these older artists sounded like. As we mentioned
2: in the past, one of the radio stations in St. Louis, it's big, huge, almost world renowned as KSH radio. And yes, they do play classic rock, but they also do mix in a lot of modern rock, too. I know that Shine Down's a big play on their station. They do play some Hailstorm. Um, and some other bands that, that would be obviously considered modern rock, but still kind of fit that genre, like a couple of bands we're going to talk about later today, like Red Van Fleet and Dirty Honey. Indeed.
1: So we posed that question. It did have a little bit of, of discussion on the social medias, which was nice, including we got a message from our friend John, who hosts a podcast called Well Disguised, which is a, a very interesting exploration of music that I recommend. He had a little bit of feedback, and so we're going to We're going to share that. I think this is the first time we've ever played a bit from somebody else, not from somebody else's show, but just from another podcaster of their own recording on our show. So here you go.
4: Gentlemen, it's John Pritchard, the host of your friendly competitor in this whole rock podcast realm. My show's called Well Disguised. Just a little plug there, but I just listened to your episode 49 about classic rock and thoroughly enjoyed it. And it really struck a chord with me because I just recorded an episode where I kind of tongue-in-cheek really refer to Nickelback and Limp Bizkit as classic rock, and that was really just based on age, not any serious thought, but in response to your question, this is just me spitballing. I don't know if these ideas are good or if they're junk, but just something that came to my mind. One definition of classic rock could be something like typically guitar-based music that was rooted or has grown out of the... Black rhythm and blues music from the American South. That would certainly encompass most of the greats. The Beatles, obviously. Led Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones, Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton, and all his bands. Leonard Skinner and Aerosmith and all sorts of people. Maybe have a little bit of difficulty with Pink Floyd, I don't know. But it would also certainly include Greta Van Fleet, as you discussed, but would not include bands like Korn or Slayer, or a lot of hardcore, punk, and other types of bands. Taking the long view, though, I'm not sure that it really matters. I mean, you have to be pretty doggone musical and pretty darn informed to talk intelligently about the differences between, say, Baroque classical music and Romantic classical music. So in the long run, I'm not even sure it's really ever going to matter. In a hundred years, U2 and Incubus are both going to be just rock music, classic or otherwise, I think. Anyway, keep up the good work, guys. <laughs> awesome,
0: awesome, yeah. So I
1: think that John settled the discussion right there. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and call it a night on this episode. He said it doesn't matter. <laughs> we're and done. So I think <laughs> I that think that's John
3: right. thinks he settled the discussion right there. Yeah, <laughs> he did. He
1: did. But we get, we're gonna have to continue it anyway. I appreciate his insight and and how some of those nuances will get lost in time. And I think I have some other terms we could give for what Nickelback and Limp biscuit are,
0: but um... <laughs> butt rock, butt rock indeed.
1: <laughs> and I'm I'm not even into that like crowd. That like I feel like it's past time when we should like pick them as the band to hate on anymore. I don't even care about them yeah. at all either way anymore. But but they are what they are, yeah. and it's Got that. It. <laughs> No, but I do think he's got a point so,
2: to, to some respect in regards to the blues influence and the I think he called it black yeah. southern rock. I, I do think that because, yeah, most of the bands, especially like the Greta Van Fleet, the Rival Sons, the Dirty Honey, that's this southern rock kind of very, very heavily blues influenced. Uh, and honestly, I, I wouldn't even count out like, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan influence, too, because mm-hmm. a lot of that is, is very guitar oriented, just a blues vibe that I would consider kind of a classic rock sound. I don't know if I'd consider it, you know,
1: classic rock music, but it sounds like classic rock. Right. Right. Yeah. You see where a lot of the legendary band sounds and how there's, there's some overlap in styles and some, some commonalities. Obviously you said the guitar is one of the most, is probably the most prominent thing. You listen to Hendrix is included in there. And then you got the Rolling Stones, AC/DC, some of those guys.
2: Well, and if you think about it, though, for classic rock bands, and I know Liz can can probably test, and I mean, probably Casey can probably test to this too, classic rock bands, are, well, the ones that have been around for years, almost every single person that I know that listens to classic rock music can name the lead guitarist of every one of those damn bands, and it's because <laughs> yeah. they're so influential. Mm-hmm. There's such a huge part of that band. There's such an integral part of that classic rock band that. It, it just wouldn't work. Like you can have the singer, you can have the guitarist, but if without either one of them, it just—I don't think that uh, you don't have that classic rock title or genre. Because huh. I mean, you know, am I wrong? Like, are there any classic rock bands that you can think of where you might not remember or know the? The only one I can think of off the top of my head that I don't know that like the guitarist is like Boston or Ario, but that's because you know, <laughs> who cares.
1: <laughs> like, well now we're now we're into the 80s so, yeah
2: yeah well, well, but yeah. i do know the lead singers of those bands so that's what i'm saying like there's always for every classic rock band there's either, you either know the lead singer's name or you know the lead guitarist's name in some cases you probably know both of them like aerosmith everybody knows joe perry who wouldn't yeah. you know right. but what like and so that's the thing it's like you know everybody knows jimmy page yeah it's just every single band like you either know the lead singer or the the, the guitarist of those classic rock bands
0: Right, that's because yeah. their
2: their guitarist is such a huge influence for that sound.
3: I agree about that. I do, and having that's the other thing too. There are bands that it, you look where like they try to go on with a different singer. The singer leaves because they feel that structurally, as a band, they're you know they have enough recognition and enough you know of who they are to go on with a different singer in the lead. Like if you think of like journey or Van Halen or sticks and some of them can do. Okay. Sticks actually does. Okay. I've seen them live. And I mean, you know, like as far as like, you know what they are, they're fun, but like journey, Mm -hmm. Steve Perry has a, one of a kind voice. And so when you put someone else in front of that band, they sound similar but they sound like a journey cover band so like it's just the question like what are you doing you know and i think van halen is like a whole other argument that's (laughs) i'm not getting into that don't nobody nobody bother me about that i don't care um
0: (laughs) (laughs) there's van halen
2: and van hey well acdc is kind of the same thing too it was just not by choice yeah
3: Right, right right there's a lot of that where it's like and now you say that too. Like, so it's like, is it the record company? Is it, you know, and then you think about lead singers that tried to like go solo and, and you think right. about how they worked when they went out there without that band, without that guitars, without that chemistry, with the rest of the band behind them, they kind of sucked. And it was because yeah. <laughs> that cohesion of that band was what made them that, like classic rock entity, you know, and it doesn't mean they're not talented. It's just that they found that like sweet right. spot. And when they found that sweet spot, that's what put them on the map. And that's what put them in pop culture. And and so then we were like, this is who you are to us. Yeah, <laughs> and so right. when we heard you in this other way. Yeah, we weren't really sure. <laughs> so like, <laughs> and usually because you were older and you were taking yourself too seriously, we didn't like it as much. But um, <laughs> but anyway,
1: <laughs> well, so many of these artists come from a time where even today, your musicians are. Your pop stars are your, your, these huge celebrities. They're your, like your your cultural icons and stuff. In this era, in the 60s and 70s in particular, your rock stars were those like gods. And so right. you had a lot of pressure. You had a lot of notoriety and fame. Anything that happened to those bands was a story. Like, especially when you talk about like replacing members and stuff. Like they were huge, huge celebrities. Rock and roll today, a little bit less on that mm-hmm. in terms of individual personalities being like major cultural celebrities. Mm-hmm. There, I think there's... a a ton more bands and a lot fewer superstars within them. Right.
2: I, yeah, I, I I 100% agree with that. And I'm, I'm kind of glad though, to be honest, because like the (laughs) one experience that I recently had where it was, you know, a, a band that I really liked, but it ended up being too much of a pop band it almost turned me off of that band altogether. And yeah. so like, I, I can't imagine like being a huge fan of the Beatles back in the day. And you're like, man, I'm so excited. I'm going to go see them live. And you're all excited. You go to see them and you can't hear a damn thing. Cause all these stupid girls are screaming at the top of their <laughs> damn lungs the entire show. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like there's like both sides of that. Yeah. I would love, you know, I would love to be able to see those types of things, but, and, and for them to be popular, but at the same time, like I don't want y'all being at the concert with me. I, I want to actually hear the damn
1: show. <laughs> 9 right. fourteen-year-old girls singing. Yeah, and this the, has been the, Dan rants like an old man. <laughs> Stop screaming, and, isn't girls! That, isn't that what our whole podcast is? Just me yeah. ranting like an old
0: man. Dan yelling at clouds. Yeah, it
1: is one of the. It is old man yells at clouds is definitely a, a, one of the trademark elements of this podcast. I've noticed over over the episodes. <laughs> and he's not even that old. That's the funny thing about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a guy in his thirties. <laughs> the youngest member of the podcast.
0: And the, and the yep. youngest of us. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Nonetheless. Yeah. The other thing to factor in is uh, time length of songs, I think, with classic yeah. rock. Because back then, you had a lot of songs go between six to ten minutes. And <laughs> nowadays, that's really not an accurate uh, thing anymore. It's the, the average is what about... Three and a well, half. I don't
2: think that's necessarily the genre that that's ha- that's influenced that aspect of it. I think it's more so commercialism right, and radio yeah. that's had an influence to the proper song length. Is because you know back yeah. then artists were trial truly trying to be artists. They were right. trying to make music that they wanted to make, um, not that people wanted to hear or that they thought people wanted to hear anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there were some artists out there sticks um, that might have been, you know, put music out there for people to hear. Uh, But
0: and there's
3: nothing wrong with that.
1: No, no, there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you're honest about it, it's fine. Yeah. But
3: if, you know, but if you got to pee, then that's what, you know, Leonard Skinner <laughs> and Led Zeppelin are for. Yeah. Because you got to put that's that right. on so that you can run down the hallway <laughs> to, the ba- <laughs> to the bathroom. We,
2: yeah, we, 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 we actually. We had a story where, yeah, we left and went to Walgreens or something while we played In a got a Oh,
3: perfect. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> all 18 minutes of it (laughs) i remember one time at lewis and clark like the vending machine on our floor was broken and so i had to like go and like run up to a different vending machine and so i i think i did i think i put on in a gata and i was like i'm gonna run up (laughs) and
2: what was (laughs) can you remember the longest song you've ever played unedited on your show
3: um I mean, and it got a Vita, of course, is close, but I think it was I think there's a Pink Floyd song that I played. And one Shannon time I got crazy so crazy Crazy Diamond. Yeah. It probably was. And one time I got so mad at everybody for requesting the same songs by um Led Zeppelin over and over that I played. <laughs> Do you were you listening when I did this, Dan? Because I was so mad. Right. I played the so everybody would request Stairway to Heaven, and I was I was like, "That's it, yeah. okay, guys. I am playing a different Led Zeppelin album, and you all are going to listen to it. So I don't care if they listen or not because this is my show, right? <laughs> so I played the entirety of of Led Zeppelin two from start to finish.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> I get to hear all Zeppelin. <laughs> two lessons learned here I just took from this conversation. One if you call a radio station and complain about stuff that you don't like to hear, that's on you and you should change the channel and they might do stuff out of spite to you. <laughs> we do. We totally well, we
3: do. <laughs> See, the, th- the thing is like when you're, when you're doing like, so, so much of radio is pre-programmed, but when you're just yeah. like, when you're doing the type of shows that like, like we, like we're doing, yeah. like you could do whatever you want. I mean, I, <laughs> It's the beauty yeah, of being right. on, like, practically in the middle of the night. It's like, <laughs> screw you. I do whatever I want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lesson two.
1: If if ever you hear Inagata Davita playing on a radio station, you can trust that the DJ is not there. They're yeah, going we, on a food somewhere. run. Oh, yeah. He's going there, on a food run. There is.
3: There's, yeah. There's food involved or um, a digestive issue. <laughs> or yeah. yeah. Bath-
0: bathroom yeah yeah <laughs> now a little
1: a little tiny side track on that track because i think this is a fun time to do this in a is a song by a band called iron butterfly it's uh mm-hmm. the album version of that track is 17 minutes long just so you know there is a single yeah. version that is as a nice and tidy 252 right um, but nonetheless who
2: the hell would play that i don't know
1: Here, here's what <laughs> i'll, I'll do you that's, one better. that's, a big, me that's a big me version
0: that's the big me version
1: I'll do you one better. Uh, Famous guitarist Jeff Beck claims that uh, when he saw the band play this song about a year, year and a half before it actually was released, he said their entire second set was a 35 minute version of that song. (laughs) That's the legend that it has. <laughs> I, I don't doubt it, nice. actually.
2: I mean, classic rock bands have known to have been doing that. Like, we mentioned four of them, at least, that have had super long songs. Uh, you know, we had, there's 14 Minutes of Freebird by Leonard Skinner. There's uh, 21 Minutes of Shine on You, or 25, actually, Minutes of Shine on You, Crazy Diamond by Pink Floyd. Led Zeppelin released a live version of Days of Confused that was 30 minutes long <laughs> off of How the
0: West Was Won. That's an yeah. entire Weezer album. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Is that that
0: track? Yeah. (laughs) One song.
1: (laughs) One song. Yeah,
0: or the entire album that we reviewed last week with The Offspring.
1: (laughs) So it's funny that you mention time length and songs being half hour long. I think that that is an interesting um, contrast to make amongst the two new releases that uh, we wanted to kind of incorporate into this discussion. One is by a band called Dirty Honey, and they just released their debut LP, and it's self-titled. It's less than a half hour long. It's eight tracks. And those ones are, they hover around the four minute mark, like kind of in that more modern time length of sounds. And the other is the new album from Greta Van Fleet, their second album, The Battle at Garden's Gate. And that album clocks in at over an hour, including a number of songs that are five, six, and the closing track almost nine minutes long. So it has definitely more of that traditional, like Led Zeppelin style alternating. Because Zeppelin also... You know, you had Stairway to Heaven, but then you also had like the Immigrant Song, which I think was only less than three. Yeah, a couple of things yes. like that. Like they, they were yeah. really, you know, the song is the length that it needs to be, kind of thing. Agreed. Right.
2: right. So, Dirty Honey is a very, a very, very, very new band. Uh, they formed in 2017. They basically released a extended play an EP, which was they released on their own back in March of 2019, uh, and it actually topped the Billboard Mainstream Rock Song charts. Uh, making them the first unsigned band ever to top the chart.
1: Huh.
2: Uh, so just can, kind of give you an idea of how good this band is. And honestly, this is another thing. This is another band that I think the pandemic worked out in their favor because yeah. they're with the pandemic, they actually were able to get signed and kind of redo this whole album. And then they really re-released it
1: under a, a, a bigger label. And yeah, it's, it's a fantastic yeah. album. It, it is. It is really good. This band is wild to me because you want to talk about their influences, but their whole story, like if you read up on a little bit, like they kind of wanted to base their career like trajectory on like a Guns N' Roses thing. Like they were taking steps to sort of follow that path. Yeah. And within like a year and a half of their existence, they were opening for Guns N' Roses, which is a pretty big deal. Even their band's name comes from is a play on another band called the Honey Drippers, which is Robert Plant's other band. One of his yeah. numerous projects. And yeah. so these guys are super ingrained to the point where like they don't hide it in the slightest bit that that they adore those acts and they want to follow in their footsteps. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm I'm definitely bummed that I didn't see them in 2019. I know. With cause... Red
2: Sun Rising, where the hell was I?
0: Right. <laughs> it was Red Sun Rising. And then after that, they're on a tour with Skillet and Alter Bridge. It's like they even the played for the Who. Right. Hell? All within the same like year period. Yeah. A band that formed in 2017 already
1: has this much of a res- resume is kind of a big thing. Um yeah. yeah. I-, I mean,
2: they, they the chemistry is, is there. There's no doubt. I mean, this album shows I mean, they they sound like they've been playing together for years.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm not going to lie to y'all like we mentioned off air, like classic rock is not really my thing nearly as much as any of the three of you, but the song California Dreamin', the lead track on this album, has literally been going through my head for this entire conversation. <laughs> and Isn't I'm not mad song? about it.
0: No. It's, no, it's not a not. cover song? It, there's other songs that, that are called California Dreaming." I was actually going to bring this up. I'm sick of songs being named after California. They just <laughs> need to stop.
1: Yeah. Fuck California. <laughs> see, see Local H. I will put a link to that Local H song again, which I do every
0: few months. <laughs> which is them singing about how much they hate California songs. So it's songs.
2: not a song by the mamas and the papas?
0: No, it's it's the same title ish, but it's not the same song.
2: Huh. Yeah. It's I, definitely I really not the same,
0: song. The same damn song. Well, <laughs> there's the other thing. Okay.
1: <laughs> and it but it's a fantastic song and it it sounds straight out of that time. We'll put it put it this way. Liz, you listen to this stuff you might not listen to it quite as much as as we did in preparation because we've been planning this episode for a while. But um, I don't know if 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 you were doing your show right now and you were saying, okay, I'm going to incorporate some modern acts into this. Is this a band that would make the cut? Would you slide them in there between, you know, some some Led Zeppelin tracks and whatnot?
3: Um. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They would well if I oh. would, like if I were doing like a special thing like you know
0: It, it would to, be a once sh- once in a while deal. Yeah, yeah, like if
3: I were doing like a block of like to showcase something, you know, so a couple bands I thought were, were resonant of classic rock. I would because I did when I the minute I like started the album, I was like, damn this is like, this, this grabs me and, and it really did. And I don't say that very often because I am old and cranky and um, (laughs) (laughs) I will often, when we talk about Greta Van Fleet, you will find out. I often have a lot more bad things to say than nice things to say about music today. So (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I was like, how, like, gutturally I was like,
4: yes,
3: when I heard this album. <laughs> this is staying up there on my playlist. Yeah, I was very excited. So I'm totally awesome. with
1: you. I, I'm, I was not mad about listening to this.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited that we got to introduce you to some music that you like.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, thank you, guys.
2: Well, on that note, if you really like Dirty Honey, another band that you might like would be Rival Sons just
0: to yeah, look them there. up. Yeah, I, I wanted to make a, an observation just on the stylings of this band, which I, I text Dan and Aaron earlier today and had them listen to the cover song of Aerosmith's Last Child. And uh, this band to me is like a, if you put these bands into a blender, you would get Dirty Honey. If you put Aerosmith, The Black Crows, acdc all into a blender (laughs) i feel like you would get dirty honey you're close
3: because i was thinking that the whole time i was like this is this is this band was born of the black crows and some something else and and so i'll agree and you know i when i heard that cover of last child one of the things i thought of that i really appreciated on it was that the lead singer did not just try to do steven tyler's vocal over again right yeah he sang the song the way that he can sing it because you're talking about a lead singer of a band with an iconic voice and an iconic band and you need to not take that and just be like i'm gonna be steven tyler today
0: (laughs) right 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 you're not
3: (laughs) no one is (laughs) (laughs) so it i thought it really sounded you know it was really great
2: yeah yeah we've made mention about that like with robert plant like people covering zeppelin songs you just you can't do that like robert plant like the only person that i've ever heard uh cover zeppelin that i like would be ann wilson that's it yeah heart like that's it
3: yeah
1: (laughs) it's a very short list yep (laughs) And that's fair and that's fair like we've discussed before like some bands i don't want to say nobody's like uncoverable or untouchable like i don't want to be that yeah I think pretentious about music but you got to have a lot of huts but to choose certain tracks to cover and if you're gonna choose some of those ones you better really slay it and not many do yeah you gotta have the
2: talent like you gotta yeah. have the talent if you're gonna play jimmy page guitar lines you better be able to fucking play guitar like that's all there is to it like yeah if you're gonna sing Robert Plant you better be able to sing like that's that's mm-hmm. there's such a wide vocal range that, that that those both those artists have and not vocal but like there's such wide talent that both those artists talent. have yeah. that I mean if you're if you're if you're not confident in what you can do then you better not attempt to you know try something that the masters of their instruments have basically done over time yeah. And that's how I've always felt.
0: That's what was weird with the, uh, last child. Cause that was just like an Amazon original. That wasn't even on that, the album itself, which I thought was strange, but cause it, it was released the same time period, basically. So they
2: yeah. were making money. They were yeah, trying you, to
0: make yeah, some money. Right. <laughs> you
1: do Amazon originals and, and Spotify has the same thing where artists will do like a cover or two. And it's kind of exclusive content that they can use. Um, and so it, it makes sense. And it was a good cover. And and I think this band does a great job of being so high, very clearly influenced by the bands you guys mentioned. But yeah. they don't sound like cheap knockoffs either. I think um, they don't sound like a cover band of them. They just sound like they just they do their what they do very well. Like they, they've got three right. singles they've released off of this album. You had California Dream and you had Tied Up and Gypsy. And I I think all of those are more than radio worthy um, songs. Yeah. Um, Well, I I think the main difference, too,
2: is that while you can hear, and I think we've kind of all alluded to this, but while you can hear their influences, they don't sound exactly like any of those bands. Right. Yeah. other band that we're going to talk about uh, Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> now I will say this most recent album, I liked a lot more uh, than their previous album. And one of the reasons why is because w- it's just kind of what we were talking about when they first came out, this band sounded like Led Zeppelin to the T. Yeah. It was, it was almost freaky, like the guitar lines, the singing, like it was crazy. And this dude, he can sing some Robert Plant. I'll be okay with that. He can sing like, um, <laughs> but <laughs>
3: I would not be okay with that. Oh, (laughs) dang!
1: Throwing some shade. We're going to go down that path. I want. I want to hear more about the both of those. Were you, both of Dan? Were you finished with that thought? (laughs) Yeah,
0: sorry, Dan. Sorry, uh, no, that's. (laughs) (laughs)
3: I uh, I will die on
1: (laughs) I I I want to hear more about this so let me me give a little since this is one of the things that I do feel that I'm actually qualified to do in this episode is introduce these bands a little bit because I can read stuff on the internet very well (laughs) Um, and then let you guys let you guys handle the actual analysis so Greta Van Fleet has been around a slight bit longer than Dirty Honey they've been around since 2012 they put out their debut album anthem of the peaceful army in 2018 and then this that just came out as their second album the battle at gardens gate and ever since they've shown up on the scene the discussion has been what we just started talking about like (laughs) is it is this the second coming of led zeppelin or is this a cheap cheap knockoff of led zeppelin or are they a band that will maybe eventually find their own voice that is not either of those things
2: I think that they attempted to this most recent album. I think it was it was a a better, a a better try or attempt at not sounding 100% like Zeppelin. Mm
0: -hmm. I would agree. Yeah.
2: Because, I mean, when they first came out, they had the two EPs that you also failed to mention. Uh, 2016, Black Smoke Rising (laughs) and From the Fires. Well, those EPs actually were remade into Anthem for the Peaceful Army. Uh Ah, The album was Not any original material was from both those EPs.
0: Yeah. The thing I wanted to open up with, if you go to Google and you, you, you type in Greta Van Fleet, some of the articles that you'll see right off the bat, a guitar teacher explains why you shouldn't hate on Led Zeppelin ripoffs. <laughs> <laughs> and then another article, uh, is Greta Van Fleet ripping off Led Zeppelin? And then, uh, another one, Greta Van Fleet on critics. They're pissed off that we're doing, that we're actually doing something. <laughs> So they 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 come with their critics definitely, and I feel like Liz will be able to, to kind of expand on a little bit of that. But <laughs> they're definitely poor. So Liz, what's what are your thoughts on on this
1: on this band? <laughs> okay. We high praise for Dirty Honey. We're ready to hear. Right. The, the Here is my praise.
3: thing about Greta Van Fleet. If you are going to sound like Led Zeppelin you need to not sound all shiny and pretty. You need to sound rough (laughs) and guttural Mm. and you need to sound like rock and roll. (laughs) Okay. And yeah. Additionally, I cannot stand the lead singer's voice. He does not sound.
1: (laughs) And that's not something a person can get around. Like there are numerous bands that I flat out don't listen to. Because I'm just like that guy's right. voice grates on me, and that's they're they're done. The rest of the band could be great, but nope.
3: Right, I know that's a personal preference thing, but for me, sure. that it's a deal breaker. But also, like because of my like massive love for Led Zeppelin, to hear Greta Van Fleet be like, is
1: this the second coming
3: of Led Zeppelin? Ah, no, it's not because <laughs> <is> not.
1: <laughs> she has a. <laughs> Very clear answer to that question.
3: To, to be
2: fair, though, they they never said that themselves. They have never right, said come right. out and straight that that they're Led Zeppelin or that they even tried to sound like Led Zeppelin. What happened was that the lead guitarist basically studied Jimmy Page for an entire year, and he said really intensely to the point of where he knew how he thought, and so he just wanted to be majorly influenced by by uh, Jimmy Page. And then apparently the lead singer, Josh, just said that his voice naturally sounded like Robert
1: Plant and didn't even know who Zeppelin was until high school. (laughs) He said he discovered his voice by accident, which, I mean, that's fine. People do that. Um, Which I can believe because they're probably,
3: like, because of where their ages probably are, that's believable. Like, that's believable. But I don't know. To me, it's like, it's a little too close for comfort, though, of how much yeah. they sound like a Led Zeppelin cover band that got a record contract and tried to write some sure. original songs. <laughs> and so yeah. that's how I feel about them. <laughs> I realize that there are going to be people who are like, this bitch is really getting on my nerves. And I'm going to tell these people, I don't care how you feel. This is how I feel.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're entitled to your own opinions. Yes. That's right. Yeah. No,
3: I think...
1: I think the the, pot, the shiny polish that you talk about is what's interesting to me most about that. Um, f- for one, just a little more insight. This new album, The Battle of Garden's Gate, was produced by a guy named Greg Kirsten, who his other album that has just come out um, was the new Foo Fighters album, Medicine at Midnight. And so that's I don't say this as anything negative about the Foo Fighters per se, but they're one of the biggest rock bands in the world. A person who is producing their music is going to be a pretty slick producer. It's not going to be a rough around the edges like dive bar rock and rolly sound very often. And that Foo Fighters album or Concrete and Gold, which the guy produced before that, those that's not what they sound like. So you're getting a like arena like rock star producer, and it's going to be that kind of sound. And I think that's a very interesting observation. Would you say that the but the Dirty Honey album did not at all have the same effect on you in terms of it did not sound slick or overproduced no. to you? Okay. I'm not making a defense. I'm, I think it's very interesting, and I and I agree. And I think that I think it's hard to be gritty and have um, mainstream popularity these days. And so you have to pick one.
3: And I and I'm going to say too that I listened for it in the Dirty Honey album because I knew what I was going to say about Greta Van Fleet, and I knew it was going to be a polarizing statement. And so when I listened to Dirty Honey, I thought I better listen for this and see if what I'm saying is like. You know, from one end or the other, like if I'm just feeling this because for some reason I was irritated at this, like (laughs) for whatever reason. And no, with Dirty Honey, it felt to me like this really great album and this like it had that guttural feeling to me that like you get when you put a great album in and you're like, this is, you know, I want to listen to this for like for days on end over and over. Every time I get in the car, whereas like, you know, Greta Van Fleet, it's like, if I get in the car and this is on the radio, I'm changing the channel. Like I can't handle this. Um, well, and also, you if know,
0: you, also, if you get in the car, you only get to hear two tracks and then you're, yes, you're at your destination.
4: That's true too. <laughs> it's really funny. I, I don't you know what
3: car you get in, but I drive for 40 <laughs> miles. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm, just I'm just kidding.
2: It's quarantine. I don't drive nowhere. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I will have to say it's funny. I, I really think it's funny that, that you say that it doesn't sound gritty. Not that this has anything to do with their sound, but I will say that the first time I saw Greta Van Fleet on one of their music videos, and I think me and Casey actually I had I showed discussion. it to you, yeah. Yeah, we actually thought they looked like tweakers.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: I still do. I still, they look like, I still think they look like tweakers. They're all skinny in this little room,
0: and they're wearing their, their cut-up t-shirts, and they're, they're sweating profusely. And it's like, what are you on right now yeah. doing this video? I don't
1: know. I think you could. I think you could um, appear visually appear to have a terrible drug habit, and also make very slick records. I don't see why those things have to be exclusive.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> as pointed
3: out production is part of that so like you know (laughs) you know a a huge part of it is is that you go in and and the producer creates what they create out of you know um, yeah
0: yeah out of they're designing a whole image and everything yeah Yeah.
3: exactly and and i get that you know i mean having not seen them live i can't say and i would never go see them live because the (laughs) singer's voice would make me want (laughs) to lock myself in the bathroom um but
0: (laughs) i do want to see them live just to see how they sound live in by comparison to from their album you know just yeah you know i will say that this is a
2: band that uh, when they first came out, I had the same exact thoughts that Liz had Um for whatever reason. And I can't explain why, but I think over time I've kind of grown to like this band. Um And I think that this most recent album, I really do like this album. I, I hate to say this since everybody's saying on the damn album the whole episode, but
1: um, I, I, for the record,
2: I'm, I'm I, remaining I really pretty neutral like on it. the album. I'm just commenting on other people's comments. One of the reasons why <laughs> I liked it though, is because like I said, you know, their previous album or the EPs, they, it, it sounded just like Zeppelin, there was no other right. influence that you could hear, like at least with this one, you can hear some other influences. There's some songs that kind of sound like uh some Clapton, you know some uh yes, you know some other influences like uh, a little bit of Keith Richards kind of sound on a couple of songs. So I, that's one reason why I like this album a little bit more than the previous stuff. I, I I do agree with Liz that they still sound a little bit too much like Zeppelin that they're trying to capitalize on somebody else's sound. But I do think that they at least are trying to venture off into other forms yeah, of it, And generation. I'll just say
0: I love this album in particular. Uh, there's not too many tracks on it that I would consider awful. It's funny that you mentioned the the grittiness because I felt like on this album, Josh, the lead singer, kind of tried to have a little bit more grit, but but not not to sound like Zeppelin necessarily. To I think he did that a little bit to try to not sound as as much like zeppelin so in my opinion and so the other
2: thing is that we forget that we failed to mention is that the other this band is a band of three brothers and a drummer by by the name of danny which i don't know why the random guys always name danny anyway (laughs) (laughs) the outcast are always Danny. (laughs) wallflower anyway uh yeah it's the the, because uh we're probably gonna mispronounce this but i'm gonna i'm just gonna go The Kiss Good Brothers?
0: Yeah, That's what I was thinking. It it looks right.
1: It looks right. Let's say it.
0: I listened to 10 interviews and didn't get to hear the damn last name.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, but my point with that is that, you know, I'm sure growing up, they probably obviously were hugely influenced, or at least their parents probably listened to a lot of classic rock music. And so when you're around that much and you're around each other, like you're going to have a sound that you're, you know, because they've been playing music together for years, obviously, if they didn't, if they're in a band before high school. Um, So I think that while I, I do agree that, yes, uh they obviously sound like Zeppelin, they, they kind of made a career on it so far. I do think that because they've been playing for so long, they're so heavily influenced by Zeppelin. I, I think that was kind of an almost, and an, I wouldn't say inevitable to sound like this, but I think it was, it was bound to sound extremely close. And well, yeah. I mean, the singers is a whole nother story,
0: but right, <laughs> right, right, right. I just guess good luck that he just happened to sound a little bit like Robert Plant. <laughs> well, and I tend to, one of the reasons why I like classic rock is I tend to, to like the longer songs. Cause I feel like each song kind of takes it, takes on its own individual story with, with either the lyrics or the, the music itself so i don't know i i just loved listening to all the long tracks and kind of escaping for an hour and three minutes (laughs) casey could you could
1: you point out a favorite or two We do like to give to give mild recommendations
0: yeah and see it's it's funny yet again the single that they picked my way soon is Probably one of my least favorite songs hmm. on the album. They're not good at picking singles. Yeah. That's another They're contrast not. with Dirty
1: Honey. Because Dirty Honey pick great singles. I liked track singles. three,
0: Broken Bells. <laughs> I liked track five, uh, Age of Machine. Um, I really liked track 10, The Barbarians. And then the last yeah. track, track 12, uh, The Weight of Dreams, which is almost nine minutes long. I really like that song, song as well.
2: Yeah, I have to agree with you.
1: Almost every single one of those songs, too, is is the one that I had written down as my favorite. Yeah. So I want to ask you guys a question that, that is a little bit to the side of this topic, um, but maybe ties back into the original subject of just classic rock in general. Do you think that the popularity of Greta Van Fleet, because they're a very big deal in the music world right now, whether you like them yeah. personally or not, do you think that that's a good thing for music, for rock music? I do.
2: And one of the reasons why is because, you know, it's, it's crazy to say this. And I, I know that for us, it's hard to imagine. But there are lots of kids out there who don't know who Zeppelin is, which is just fucking unfathomable to me. But right. <laughs> it happens. So I think bands well, like Greta Van Fleet yeah. are going to do their part in trying to introduce more people to their influences, at least their sound and how they came up with it. So I do think it's a good thing for music and and honestly that I love I kind of I kind of love this trend of just bands bringing that classic rock sound back. Like we mentioned it like 2 years ago our, our number one album of the year was Rival Sons that i mean it's just like those types of bands i'm absolutely loving nowadays
0: yeah and you can throw dirty honey into that mix now as yes. well definitely um yeah no i think it's i think it's good for for rock music overall cuz otherwise then you have miley cyrus doing uh, a rock album that's fair that's that's a whole other discussion but we uh, don't
1: need miley's rock album that's okay <laughs> nobody <laughs> needs any
2: Miley album? I'll, you know.
1: I'll accept. I'll accept Machine Gun Kelly making a pop punk album. That was yeah. to me like a, a middle ground of like, okay, he's a superstar like rap artist, but he's going to do something that's that's rock in a and in, in its own way, drawing more attention to those. And it was only
2: okay because Travis Barker helped him. If Travis Barker had nothing to do with that, it would have been awful.
1: Yeah. Right. But I'm I'm talking less about the quality of the album and more about. Its importance, like just rock music. If you listen to top 40 radio or anything like that, there's almost nothing that even close to qualifies as rock anymore. Imagine dragons yeah. and those kind of artists are the closest thing. And I think that that's whatever. I could care less about them. Um, <laughs> and so anytime somebody's out there that um, is keeping rock music a little more of a spotlight, it makes me happy. And so if Greta Van Fleet's the ones that need to do it, I'm not necessarily going to listen to them myself. I'll accept that they might be a gateway for listeners to discover things that, you know, I might like better and that they might like better. So I think that there's a role for that. And that's where I tie in Machine Gun Kelly is a similar thing. Okay, here's a dude making a pop punk album. It's going to be a biggest pop punk album in a long time. Might not be my favorite thing, but it's not terribly uh, probably not a bad thing for music. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I go both ways on that though, because like, I think that's kind of the
2: allure of rock music is that we're the outcasts of the music genres, even Mm. trolls, the movie trolls alluded to that by making the (laughs) rock trolls, the bad guys, fuck them. But anyway,
1: (laughs) trolls. Uh. (laughs) we just got a troll. Who's I did not see that coming at all. Oh yeah. I'm (laughs) I'm throwing it in there. Where in the The world.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But no, I I think that's part of the allure of, you know, listening to rock and and going to the concerts, you know, you, you feel like that the wallflower like everybody else or you have like you feel that uh you share similar uh qualities to those other people at the concert because you know they probably weren't popular in school they probably didn't listen to or go to all the miley cyrus concerts and all that shit that's fair there's
1: some camaraderie (laughs) in that as liz was touching on like that grittiness, that gutturalness of the sound, I think that some of that, you know, non-mainstream vibe is part is a big part of the appeal of rock in general. I'll give you that. What do you think on this, Liz? We've we've dominated for the last few minutes. <laughs> um, well, I was just
3: going to say I do agree. Like anything that brings kind of you know, we talked about like you know, the kids that are the outcasts and the adults that are the outcasts. Um, <laughs> but anybody who feels that drive to find out more about where their music came from, you know, anybody who feels that, you know, that desire from hearing a, a band they like, whether it's a brand new band or an older band. I mean, that's kind of, that. that's how I got into everything I got into was to hear something and be like, you know oh what did they listen to and then just to dig deeper and deeper until you know I found out more and more information so it it is like bands like that are you know out today like Dirty Honey or Greta Van Fleet are the bands that are going to eventually bring those you know that those teenager those those kids today, as I find myself saying, you <laughs> yeah. know, to, to the bands that <laughs> that we find to be so vital to the history, and that's the that's how those bands are going to be carried on because you know we're not getting any younger, so eventually,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> eventually we're going to be you know shouting at kids to get off our lawns and and you know. <laughs> Sitting on the porch so, with our earbuds listening on our phone, you know, on our dev- whatever our devices are at the right. time. If we want it to carry on, then yeah, we we need to see the vitality of the bands that are influenced, even if those bands annoy us
0: <laughs>
3: because they are
1: you know,
3: so.
0: good because the they're Greta Bansley. So Flea. there you go.
1: She, she wants to say, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, so I I think we've kind of gone the whole episode and I don't know if I've actually heard you say this, Liz, but what do you feel is classic rock?
3: So I've been pondering this since Dan messaged me like, I don't know, about a week and a half ago to ask me to guest on here. And I think that classic rock, I used to tend to define it as music from the 60s and 70s that had fit into the rock genre by being guitar-driven music. But I'd say it also can come down to, I think, I, I do agree with the, it's a lot of what is, because of the way the genres break down at this point, a lot of what can be considered classic rock is, in fact, that Southern blues-influenced rock. Um and I, I think yeah. a lot of that comes like to get to get really into it would take a very long history lesson. But it's influenced by um, the blues and the jazz um, from, you know, fr- from way back. So it's, it's very <laughs> long ago, like to bring all of that up. But then it all led into like Elvis on upward into what what kind of came like to popularity in this, mostly in the sixties and Um, seventies. So that would be, my definition would be those bands that kind of like really kind of launched into um, what we considered to be rock radio at that time.
0: I tend to agree.
2: I I kind of have the same thoughts. I I think that, you know, if you're using it as a, a classic rock music genre, Then yeah, I think that as a genre, there are lots of bands that can be thrown in there, like the Black Crows, even um, just because they have that sound. But if you're talking like a classic rock band, personally for me, like that's going to be a band that that has been around for years. Like, so I think that I think there's a difference. I do think that there's there are such things as classic rock bands, and there's such things as classic rock genre. because you know your your Aerosmith, your who those are those are all classic rock bands in my opinion but you know you, you throw dirty honey that's that's not a classic rock band it might be a genre they might play classic rock style of music but it's it's not a classic rock band it's yeah. i mean maybe i'm just associating that with kind of like hall of fame stature band but mm. no I, I don't know That I does have that's that you. is kind of the word classic you know it doesn't have yeah. to be that <laughs> yeah. kind of stature for classic
0: it's new classic brand yeah. new <laughs> so that's my thought on it. Yeah. No, I I agree. I definitely think it's 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 all a matter of how you attack the definition. Do you do you attack <laughs> it as a, a time period, or do you attack it as a, a style of music, or is it something else entirely? So that's that's always going to be the question.
1: <laughs> a title manufactured for corporate radio.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: it's probably on The easiest way to
2: roll with it. Yeah. De- with radio dying as a dying media like i mean is it is it even going to be a thing soon we, like you know like the guy said on our voicemail it's not going to matter it's just going to be rock music which is what we've always tried to classify everything that we played anyway right
0: i know every Classic time i spotify
1: every time i i mention like a <laughs> sub-genre of music in the back of my mind i'm like i bet this is annoying to dan but, I, but i'm just trying because he wants to go with rock across the board and, and I'm always trying to, like, be a little more detailed than that, just for in case anybody doesn't have a clue what a band sounds like. But at the end New of the wave. day, you're right. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, you know, you can define it like blues rock, hard rock. Yeah. Metal, you know, try but to keep it that all, simple. It's yeah. all rock regardless. Right.
3: Damn it, Dan. I'm a librarian now. I have to define these things by, like, <laughs> genre and category. And then I have to alphabetize them. <laughs> they need like a little sticker on them. Like I can't handle can all car- this. I can't. I can't generalize the
1: card that. Catalog. Jeez. We're gonna have another conversation sometime, and and we'll we'll go down through music genres, and you can help us catalog things, define them, <laughs> define and catalog <laughs> all the subgenre terms of music that we don't usually like to use.
2: Figure My out where that band explode. belongs in the Dewey decimal system.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> where do you file under file this band (laughs) under
2: well thank you very much for guest starring we really do appreciate your input um and it was such a pleasure to have you on the show liz thank you very much for joining us i hope you had fun with us
3: thanks for having me this has been it's been tons of fun it's been great
2: awesome so thank you very much for listening if you have anything to add to the debate please do on social media you can reach all of our social medias through Itch rocks however you want to do it whatever social media you're talking about it's Itch rocks (laughs) <laughs> or at itrocks.com com. So. thank you very much for listening my name is Dan I'm Casey I'm
1: Aaron
3: and I'm Liz
1: until next time enjoy some classic rock if you enjoyed what you heard in this episode please subscribe and tell a friend about the show
0: we've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation including the episode's playlist And you can
2: interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail and itchrocks.com, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S.